0: Hi. I'm Rob Villeneuve, CEO of Rebel.com and Startup Canada Fellow for Culture and Engagement. Teaching your team to give positive and negative feedback in a thoughtful, respectful, and professional manner is key to engagement. When you lay these kinds of ground rules, you avoid defensiveness and attacks, and instead bring everyone together to recognize and act on valuable feedback. Employees feel safe hearing negative feedback when they know it will be delivered thoughtfully, and they feel safe giving negative feedback when they know there won't be repercussions. The key takeaway? With ground rules in place, you can celebrate and embrace negative feedback as we do at Rebel. It leads to the most meaningful change.
1: Learn how to get the most of your payments through simple, safe and smart card transactions. Visit MasterYourCard.org forward slash Canada for tips to master small business security. Master your card with MasterCard Canada.
2: Is your startup financially fit? Join 10,000 entrepreneurs across Canada building financial foundations with Intuit QuickBooks. Attend a startup foundations workshop online or in a startup community near you and receive a free one-year subscription to QuickBooks Online. Visit www.startupcan.ca forward slash finance today to register.
1: You need to be available when a customer needs to reach you. Business depends on it. Rogers Unison provides the powerful features of a traditional desk phone in a simplified and truly mobile solution. No apps to download and launch. No mobile data usage charges for phone calls. No need to pay for unused landlines or desk phones. And the ability to route incoming calls to whoever's available. No more missed calls. To learn more, visit rogers.com forward slash unison.
3: Get paid faster. Create and send professional email invoices in minutes with PayPal. Join over 250,000 Canadian businesses using PayPal to accept payments. Get started today at www.paypal.ca forward slash small business.
0: Disruption, investment, work-life balance delving deep on the topics that matter most for entrepreneurs. He's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada Podcast Network. Welcome to the Startup Canada Podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers and change makers across the country. With day in the life stories and in their shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale up companies. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular listener, welcome back. If you new to the program, don't forget to visit the iTunes store to subscribe and visit StartupCan.ca to connect with both your local startup community and to join Startup Canada to access training, resources and a peer network to grow your success. I am your host, Rivers Corbett, founder and CEO of Coaching by Rockstars. Ever thought about a career as a business coach? Coaching by Rockstars teaches business coaches how to build a successful coaching business from scratch. Visit coachingbyrockstars.com for more information. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, get your mugs ready. Sit down because this is a proverbial coffee chat. Today, we're going to talk to the co-founder of Roasters Pack and Collective Media, Stanil Babari. Sanil has been an entrepreneur since he was young and before he even entered university, constructed his very first company at the age of 50. And I love it. Today, he is the co-founder of Roasters Pack, which offers top quality flavors of coffee across Canada. In today's interview, we're going to go through the ins and outs with Sunil of what it's like to run an e-commerce platform in future online coffee empire. Sunil, welcome to the all today of the podcast. Thank you very much for having me, Rivers. Yeah, so let's kind of I I, tell us about the business. Uh, You know, I'm always I always jab my script writers every now and then. They kind (laughs) of start it off with describe your day in the life. Well, I don't want to know about that right now. I want to know about your company and what was the inspiration behind uh, Roasters Power? Yeah, for sure. So. Roasters Pack is a coffee
2: subscription service and what we do is we send three of the tastiest Canadian coffees we come across every month to our subscribers. Um, We work with three really talented Canadian roasters every month. So if you're a subscriber, you get to try a wide variety of coffees throughout the subscription. Um, But not only are you able to experience a pretty wide variety of coffees, we also try and explain, you know, kind of the backstory behind these coffees and what makes them unique or interesting. Um, We find coffee can be a little bit pretentious, almost like wine. And so we want to try and cut all that pretentious out of there and just try and teach you as much as possible about what makes coffee so special.
0: And why is that important for an audience? Uh, you know, I'm a I'm a second cup guy. Um, am I the guy you're going after, or am I? Is there a different niche that you're going after that wants this information, or are you actually growing a market that is becoming more and more attracted to the uh, the background, the story? Yeah, good question. So, um, coffee is a little bit like wine in a sense.
2: I mean, uh, a lot of people just drink coffee for the caffeine boost in the morning, and that's totally fine. Um, And we do that as well. But with coffee, there's a lot going on with it too. Um, And it's this industry called specialty coffee or third wave coffee. And with that industry, it's really trying to showcase what the potential of coffee can be. Um, And that's kind of the basis for our subscriptions. We want to showcase the diversity of what coffee potentially could be with the three coffees every month. So, you know, there are coffees that you can get, which will naturally taste like blueberries. And we think that's super wild. And like, that's not a normal cup of coffee that you'd get from second cup or Tim Hortons. And there's so much going on with coffee. We really want to try and showcase the depth that's there. And, and to be honest, like some coffees will taste like what's your typical taste of coffee is where it's like chocolatey and nutty. Um, and, mm. and those are really amazing coffees as well, but we just really want to showcase the wide range of what coffee can really be.
0: And, and, uh, so you're expressing that, that, uh, that unique story of what coffee is and so on. And, and that's, that's an interesting play in itself and it's very niche focus, but how do you, how do you incent, motivate people to, you know, buy a subscription for coffee. Not too many people have heard about that. For sure. Specifically related to coffee. Online subscriptions, yes, but not
2: coffee. Yeah. So we think we're doing a lot that really differentiates ourselves from, I guess, like the status quo way of buying coffee. Um, so first off, we provide you with like a really wide variety Um, That's something that you don't really often get from a grocery store, whatever the normal ways of buying coffee is. Um, We're Mm -hmm. showcasing like local independent craft roasters all across Canada. So we work with roasters from kind of in your area out in the East Coast as well as all the way to the opposite end um, in Victoria and Vancouver Mm -hmm. and everything in between. So we really want to showcase the amazing work that these independent craft roasters are doing. Um, Mm. But not only that, we're also really focusing on fresh coffee. Yes. So if you like coffee, a really important thing with that is freshness. And so we mail out the coffee to you as soon as possible from when it's been roasted. Coffee is a little bit like baked goods. Um, And a lot of people don't know this, but (laughs) let's say you have the very best cake in the world, but it's a month old it's not going to taste very good. And we think that's a perfect analogy for coffee. Um, Freshness is super important. And our subscription really fits that
0: need of, or solves that problem of getting fresh coffee in your hands. Wow. So how do you, how do you market it? I mean, how do people find out about this? And, and then uh, do you, and and so, yeah, what's the, what's the journey of branding that you have created for yourself so that People, one, become aware of it, two, have tasted it, and three, fall in love with it. For sure. Yeah. So
2: so I, I think this is like a huge problem. I live in Oakville and I really like coffee, um, but there aren't any good roasters near me or let alone good coffee shops. Um I think we got our first specialty coffee shop here in Oakville like six months ago. Really? Yeah. And so (laughs) like if you're not a fan of Tim Hortons or Starbucks, there's no really other options. Yes. And we feel that so many people in Canada really have the same problem where if you like good coffee but you don't live right next to one in Toronto, it's really hard to get your hands on good quality, fresh coffee beans. Um, And so – We think that we're solving like a pretty, it's a unique problem, but it's something that we think a lot of people um, do have and and are experiencing depending on where they are located in Canada. Um, And so just to touch on like the fact that you're asking about marketing, we actually haven't had a ton of marketing budget. We've actually had to be like really, we've been like, we're the definition of a lean bootstrap company. And Mm -hmm. I think we've been able to build and grow off of the back of our unique offering in our unique product like the fact that this product isn't available or you can't get this type of coffee product anywhere else has Mm -hmm. probably been the single number one factor in the reason why we've been able to build a successful business and it's all based Mm. off of that unique selling proposition
0: what's uh whats your when you say uh, and as you can tell Sunil I hope you're keeping up to me because again I, I I joke about this script but we are all over the place <laughs> on the script right now and you're doing an awesome job no, keeping up good. with me yeah so what I'm uh, oh what is uh I lost that train of thought was <laughs> I was gonna go through um uh, okay I know another question is gonna have the other one will come back so so you're you're the co-founder so Tell me about the begin. Who's your, uh, you have another two, three, one other co-founder? Yeah, I have
2: one other business partner. His name's Adam Frank and he's awesome. Okay.
0: Yeah. So tell me about Adam and tell me about you specifically relate to the roles that each one of you play in your business. And, uh, and two, um, why did you choose those? Uh, you know, how are you, how are you respectful of the, each, each other's roles in the, in your company?
2: Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, we're, we're like, a we're still a relatively small company. And so we, that means like Adam and I are wearing so many different hats. Um, uh, but at the same time, we do definitely have very clear and distinct roles in terms of things that we know one of us is better at. And so we'll let that person take the reins and run with it. And so right. um, Adam is An amazing web developer. Uh, That's his background. And he also is an amazing designer. And so those are kind of his two sort of main areas of expertise. And that's where I let him take the ball and run with it. And right. And I don't. Try, I don't try not. I try not to step on his toes. Um, I've run a few other businesses in the past where I've had co-founders, and when we haven't really had a clear definition of what mm. each person does, things can get a little bit sticky and challenging. Yeah, uh,
0: interesting point, folks. He's making here. Absolutely love this point because that's exactly when most of them start to fall apart. Is when you don't understand it, let alone enforce it. So, so I'm sorry to interrupt, but I think it's an important point. Yeah, for sure, it's huge. Um, and and it, it seems to work out better
2: that way. Like. I I provide my input, but I trust him 100% with the work that he does because Mm -hmm. he, he does have way more experience and he's just better at it than I am. Um, Mm. and, and he actually has an, an art degree from Waterloo. So he's like very, very much into that space. Um, right. And myself, I have a business background and so I handle more of the business side of things. Um, whether that's operations or financial or marketing sort of things, um, as well as coffee, coffee is huge for both of us.
0: Yeah, of course. How did you two meet each other? Um, he was a roommate of,
2: uh, one of my high school friends in university. So I went to visit my friend, uh, at Waterloo who was going going to school there. His name's Andrew. And, um, he was his roommate and I knew that he was, we just kind of stayed connected over Facebook, and I saw that he was building websites, um, like he was working for a web development consultancy firm. And so yes. when I had this idea, I just sent him a message, and we met up for coffee and chatted about how this would work and, and what to do, and he was on board. And, and ever since then, it's been, it's been, it's been awesome.
0: Before I forget, um, how do people get uh, get a hold of your your business? Because I know there's going to be people that are going to say, ah, man, I want to try the coffee. For sure, yeah. If you just go to www.theroasterspack.com. Yes. That's where we are.
2: Okay. And why is it called The Roaster's Pack? Um, so th- we're all about featuring the amazing work that these canadian roasters do and so that's kind of the premise for the name it's we are featuring their amazing work these guys put so much effort into finding really great green coffee to roast and they put so much effort into actually roasting it um and that's like it's a total craft and an art uh, i think it's a little bit underappreciated. Like, I think people don't really understand how difficult it is to roast coffee well and how difficult it is to source great coffee. Uh, Right. A lot of these roasters are, they will fly down to, the country of origin that they're buying the coffee and they will talk to the farmers and they will check with the facilities and that's how they make their buying decisions. It's, it's literally a face-to-face relationship as opposed to, you know, just looking at like something via an Excel spreadsheet or something. Like, like it's very much hands-on and hands. And so they put a huge amount of work into finding these coffees as well as roasting these coffees. And our goal is just to showcase their amazing work.
0: So uh, I'm really digging deep into uh, your business model, and you can stop me at any point in time when I get to the quote-unquote secret sauce. But I think the secret sauce is the culmination of many different things and making it all work together. So when when you're, you've are you got a product, a great product, um, do, do, do you get the coffee sent to you? Is it packaged before you get gets to you is it do you have distribution outlets across north america i mean how does that work
2: good questions um yeah so we get the coffee sent to us bulk and then we repackage them into our smaller four ounce bags and then from there we ship them out to our subscribers so we have a facility in toronto that all the coffee gets shipped to repacked and then mailed out from
0: and how many people on your team do that? Yeah, so
2: we, we had six people helping us um, last month, just on a part-time basis, Yes. All the operations. So it's pretty hectic when we get the coffee in simply because we focus so much on getting the coffee in and out as fast as possible. Of course,
0: because freshness, right?
2: Exactly. Yeah. So
0: the clock Mm -hmm. is ticking.
2: (laughs) And so it's like a mad rush for about four days of packing, labeling, assembling packs, and then shipping it out. And so we work from like (laughs) Thursday, Friday, Saturday, (laughs) Sunday, and then we mail out Monday. And you're, you're in that, you're
0: part of that team oh, packaging sure. that all together. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Good for you. I think that that's uh, that's really important, right? You, you've got, that's, that's what true leadership is about is actually being willing and then actually doing uh, in the, in the, in the grind of it all, no pun intended. Know, right? So, so um, um, right now uh, another question I have is how, if I'm going to put an order in for coffee how fast would I expect that coffee to be received? Given you're really working in just-in-time inventory. Yeah, so we do all of our shipments once a month. Okay.
2: So okay. what that means is, if you order it today, um, yes, then you will be put on to the next delivery, which uh, whenever that is. Uh, so today so, is, I mean, today is February twenty-first, so you'd get in on the yeah. March delivery
0: on the March delivery. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And, uh, you know, your customers are, they understand that's the rules of the game. They want freshness. They want uniqueness. they are It's like the wine business, right? You, you want to order through the opimium Society, then you're going to wait uh, that little extra time to get the coffee, get the wine uh, at the level that you want it to be. So I, I would presume that you don't have many, much fuss about that as long as the expectations are there. Yeah, for
2: sure. We're really clear about like when people can expect the coffee as well so that they understand understand that this is the time frame like we have like massive clocks with a countdown and and we share like that the next delivery time frames are this. Um, yes. You know, now that we're starting to reach a decent size, we're looking at to doing double deliveries a month. Of course. Um, but yeah, for for uh, the past little while we've only done one delivery a month. Although we do do occasionally like holiday deliveries if if you're looking for a Christmas gift, then we'll have like a mid-month delivery in December. Sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, and these are all important questions uh, you know, we're learning a lot about your business and how you approach your business. But for folks that are listening to this pod- podcast, these are all very key elements associated with ultimately building a strong foundation of a business. And uh, Sunil, you and uh, your partner have done a great job of of really, one, identifying the importance of all those pieces, but also, you know, keeping the balls in the air with regards to that. So uh, I think it's really, really cool. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time where we need to. To take a very quick break but we will be right back with more from our amazing guests stay tuned
1: canadian-born business one by son creates and sells a unique collection of printed yoga mats tote bags pouches and prints from original hand-painted designs to customers across Canada, the United States, and Australia. When their products are out for delivery, it's important for their customers to have total visibility to ensure their packages are delivered on time, no matter where their customer is located. UPS Canada helps customers track their shipments 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, while co-owners Evangelina and Jamal can focus on growing their business. Join the UPS Small Business Program to get support on your unique supply chain needs plus save 40% off shipping. Visit ups.com forward slash my business. Scotiabank understands what's involved when businesses first open their doors and the support that's needed to keep them open. They're helping customers respond to the speed of business, making it easier for entrepreneurs to open their accounts and apply for business loans online in minutes. To learn more, visit scotiabank.com forward slash small business.
0: And I want to continue the dialogue on that. And if you don't mind, I'd like to talk about how do you maintain relationships with your clients after they become clients?
2: Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, One of the things that we try and focus on is really communicating with our customers, um, as much as possible. And it's all, it's really hard, you know, now that we've kind of reached this scale, we can't necessarily have a one-on-one relationship. Um, but we do ask for feedback as much as possible. We want to understand what our customers are enjoying and what, you know, maybe we could improve on. Um, I think that, is essentially like the key to success for any business is really being in touch with your customers. Um, and for us, we really want to try and create a unique experience that you can't get anywhere else. So like, you know, just doing that extra step that, you know, what our competitors or the status quo of buying coffee won't do. So like, for example, if you're a new subscriber, You most likely will get a handwritten note from me thanking you for your business and your order, um, as well as giving you like this amazing brew book. We worked with an award-winning barista, and he wrote this book on the best ways to brew coffee and how to really brew your cup, um, whether you're using a French press. And so we'll include this brew book for free for all new subscribers. And that's just kind of our way of really trying to improve the experience as well as trying to start a little bit of a relationship so people can feel that even though we are an e-commerce business, that there are humans behind this Mm. business shipping Mm. this coffee to you. And that's, and that's part of the, what we do with the roaster pack as well. Like we, when we include content about the coffee, we'll get quotes from the individual who actually roasted the coffee. So it'll kind of feel like they're talking to you about all the effort that they put into making this coffee as opposed to just being, you know, beans in the mail. It almost feels like you're you're kind of talking one on one to the roaster or the craftsman who put the time and effort into make these beans.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. Have you ever heard of Zappos? I have, yes. Yes. Well, this is what your organization reminds me of. I mean, this is for those folks that don't know about Zappos. It's an online shoe retail company, uh, online retail, online, whatever you want to call it. But uh, they have a relationship with your customer base just exactly the same way that you were having with yours. And I think that's really cool. What have, for, uh, what yeah, have they been for, doing that
2: that you think really stands
0: out? Well, I, what I love about the fact it is the mere fact they've been taking they've taken a very intimate piece of relationship with a customer, and they have driven down how to deliver that without the retail setting that that most shoe companies need to have in order to create that intimate relationship and so one they figured out how to do that and two the other part is I think part of the way they've done it is they've tied in extremely well with understanding that it's all about the connection still with the customer and that's why staff teammates are so critically important along that journey you got to make sure you got the right people on the team so much to the point there's one piece of the, the Book when I read it, it's like they when they when they hire somebody, they will give somebody a thousand bucks at the end of their month-long training. If they decide to leave, no way. And yeah, I mean, it's a real bold statement. One, <laughs> your hiring practices have to be strong, but also they don't want people hanging around who don't want to be part of the culture of the organization. So uh, I think you know, it's just it's just that boldness in attacking the industry and the, and what you're doing. I mean, let's 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 kind of let's kind of look at what you're doing from a you know, craft beer is the big thing going on. And are you making craft coffee? Is, is, is this, uh, is, is it fair to say that you're just living in another lane and you're just craft coffee, not coffee, not craft beer? I, I think it's actually a relatively fair analogy.
2: Um, what these roasters are doing is definitely what I would consider craft coffee because it's so different than what the status quo is for coffee or what people are come to come to expect. Um, yes. Like there's so much to coffee and I could totally nerd out about coffee pretty hard if we get (laughs) into it. (laughs) Um, I'm sure you can. But like the fact that you can get coffees that will have a really wide range of taste profiles. And the fact that these roasters are really trying to showcase the depth of those flavors is what makes it so unique. Um, Just trying to understand like, why do coffees from Ethiopia taste a certain way or why do coffees right. from Guatemala taste a certain way? Um, or how does altitude impact flavor? Uh, yes. How interesting. It, how does it? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I could, uh, I'll explain to you. So at a higher altitude, um, the maturation process is different because there's less oxygen. And so yes. you generally get a more concentrated bean, which means, um, it, it takes a little bit longer time to develop and there ends up being a lot more sweetness and a lot more sugars in the bean itself. And so that ah. can come through in the taste profile, you'll end up with um, usually an, a, lot, a lot sweeter cup of coffee.
0: Interesting, And so
2: we find it really interesting to try coffee from Colombia that's been grown at like 1,900 meters above sea level and then also trying coffee that's been grown at 1,400 meters above sea level in in the same region and really trying to taste those minor differences and and what to expect. And these are conversations that you don't really have when you think about coffee, but there's so much going on with coffee that Mm. it makes it really exciting and interesting for us.
0: Yeah, well, you you have definitely uh, found a, a very focused way to to deliver it in a in a in a unique way. I'm not just talking about stories, but I'm also talking online and I. But and it, and it sounds all glamorous and wonderful, and it helps save costs and so on. But you know, give us an overview, Sunil, of some of the challenges, struggles you've had with having a hundred percent of your company online. Yeah, so I think the.
2: One of the biggest challenges is just um, we're like the definition of a lean bootstrap company. So we don't have a ton of money to invest in marketing or awareness. And I think like if we had a place on the ground or a storefront then that would that's automatic awareness. You know, like I've talked to a few of my like barista friends in Toronto and they'll talk to a customer who mentions they really enjoy trying a variety of coffees, but they wouldn't have heard of our service. And so, you know, I think that totally means that we still have a ton of work to do in terms of getting the word out there. And I know that if we had a place that would help, you know, in a way with free awareness. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, I think like it's definitely not, a real issue. Like if being a hundred percent e-commerce was actually a detriment to your business, then companies like Amazon wouldn't exist.
0: Yeah. Right? yeah exactly. So like, it's not yeah. like a real, and let's face excuse. it. If you're going to do a bricks and mortar, it's going to cost you money to do, to have that maintain that even when there's not sales going on. Absolutely.
2: And so I think it just, all it means is that we have to be a little bit more creative and we have to think right. outside the box. Like there may not necessarily be a, well-established rule book like there has been for brick and mortar over the past years. Um, But for e-commerce, we just need to be a little bit more creative. And that's what Amazon does. And that's kind of how they've survived. They've been thinking outside the box and we kind of need to be doing the exact same thing.
0: Who's your, uh, who's the, what's the organization that you look to emulate, copy, whatever you want to call it. That's delivering online servicing products that you say, man, that's, that's who we want to be. That's a really good question. Um,
2: I don't know if I have like an e-commerce idol. Uh, yeah,
0: that's what it is. That's exactly what I'm asking. <laughs> e-commerce idol. I, uh, and the. And if you don't, um, that's fine. Um, do, do you do you think that are there any best practices that you see around of an e-commerce company that not necessarily you're idle, but you say you know the, when it when I think of brand respect for online that's how i want our company to be thought of um i mean is it amazon is it another one like that i think i think
2: there's a few things that amazon does well and that's just their like audacity and i find that to be really inspiring
0: (laughs) love it yes sir like they just
2: try the craziest things and they're totally okay with that and i think for being e-commerce you have to be okay with really pushing the envelope um like same with elon musk like elon musk is a little bit of an Entrepreneur idol of mine, I guess, Um, uh, like he is insane with how much he is able to create and do and just constantly push and push and push and do more and more and more. Um, and I think it's really inspiring to look at people like that. Like if you look at what he did with Tesla, I think, so there's this theory from, um, this book by Peter Thiel, Uh, His zero to one book. I'm not sure if you read it. It's a really great book.
0: No, I haven't. I'd like to make a note of it. Um, But
2: it's kind of his thought process is you want to try and be ten times better than your nearest competitor. And I feel like Tesla really. Did that with their cars. Like they have so many features that really wildly differentiate themselves from their nearest competitor, that it's almost like they have such a head start in this race. Um, and I think that's kind of how we're trying to think about our subscription. I know we're not like cars or anything flash like that, but in terms of how you buy coffee, we want to try and make the experience like a million times better than what you could possibly get at a grocery store. And so that yeah. comes down to variety. That comes down to featuring local roasters. That comes down to making sure our coffee is as fresh as possible. That comes down to, you know, giving as much value. So we give you discounts on the freshest, and the coolest new coffee gear that comes out or discounts on larger bags of coffee or, you know, brew books from award-winning baristas. Um, we want to really, really try and make the roasters pack the best way to buy coffee and like undisputed way to buy your coffee. And that's kind of the target that we're aiming for. And that's kind of based on the inspiration of Elon Musk or the, the book zero to one from Peter Thiel.
0: Yeah. Well, you know um, I think that those are all good points. And what I love about what you're saying is the sense push, Keep going, keep going, keep going. Never be satisfied with the status quo. And and uh, I, it, this kind of leads into my next question. But uh, I one of my favorite quotes is the uh, the enemy of success is comfort. And uh, I think you're pushing yourself there when when you say that when you reference that. I think that that's a sure. one of the reasons that you're going to be and are, are and continue to be successful. But you said you've said a couple of times through this conversation. It's, you know, why we're successful, why we're seeing success and so on. What I'm interested in, Sunil, is what's success to you? Well, that's a really good question. (laughs) (laughs) And not on the script either, right? (laughs) Um,
2: I think what makes entrepreneurship so exciting is the fact that you are building the – you're building your own freedom, and so for me, I think success is freedom um, and the ability to do what you want with your time. So I, I'm not like a career entrepreneur. I worked. I had a, a real job. <laughs> um, <laughs> I worked at Loblaws for about a year in merchandising and marketing, and um, I actually really enjoyed it. Like, It was pretty entrepreneurial, but I was putting in like 10 to 12 hours a day working on building someone else's business. And I knew that if I put that time into building my own thing, I could, you know, potentially have a a decent sized business where I could have built something, you know, with that all that time. And basically what that decision was is I want to be putting my time into something that I choose and that I dictate. And I think that's what success is for me is having the freedom to decide what you do with your time.
0: Yeah, I and I, I I agree with you, and I I love the fact that you know you're a, you go into those four day sprints, and where you're getting that freshness out, you're getting those packages out, and then allow yourself to reflect, kind of regroup again, and then go at it again. But it's your time that you're deciding it. You're de, you're determining how your life is going to unfold. For sure, uh, and I I think that's very 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 cool. Well. Um, what uh, you know if I, I want to give the last word of this great interview to you, and um, and I always kind of massage it a different way when I ask the question. but um i want to I want to uh, pretend that you're speaking in front of a group of, in Fredericton this week, sorry, next week coming up, there's a conference called yes, okay and it's all around youth entrepreneurs and so on and and you are going to be the guest speaker okay <laughs> in this scenario they've flown you in from oakville right that's where yeah, you're at that's correct yeah and they put you up in the vip private, area of town in right? the hotel. yeah private jet of course okay. and and i can make this all happen by the way okay, good. and um <laughs> and you're you've just they've just gone through an amazing introduction but your challenge is you're only allowed to say one thing and one thing only as a piece of advice to the group. What's it going to be?
2: Okay. So my, um, my favorite quote about entrepreneurship, and this is probably not like going to be the most inspiring quote to give to you, <laughs> but it, it maybe just is my odd sense of humor. It's this quote from Elon Musk and he says, being an entrepreneur is like eating glass and staring into the abyss of death <laughs> <laughs> so not not like you've internalized this quote haven't you <laughs> what's that i've been trying no i been, well you, i think i think i'm a little bit more glass half full than elon musk i think it's okay. not the abyss of death i think it's just the abyss so like there's two parts to this quote that i really enjoy um and so the first part is he says being an entrepreneur is like eating glass and yes and i think what Basically, the point behind that is that it's going to be really challenging. I think entrepreneurship could be potentially like a little bit glorified, like a little bit rock star-ish and it's it's all like rainbows and unicorns, which definitely isn't true. Um, So just be ready for the fact that it's going to be really hard day in and day out. Um, But I think that... Difficulty is what really makes uh, you grow as a human being. So I think I've learned more about business and about myself within like the first month or like six months of running a business just because everything is so hard or challenging that you really need to learn how to deal with the challenges that get thrown at you and things won't work out the way that you plan them to. But you need to be okay with that. You need to be able to roll with the punches. Um mm-hmm. to to be able to see success.
0: Yeah, I think that's very cool. And and uh how how young are you? What's your age? I'm twenty eight. Twenty-eight years old, twenty-eight years young. Um, have <laughs> been doing businesses for the past thirteen years, at least uh, according to the script that I got. Mm-hmm. Um, we're lucky to have you in uh, in Canada, uh, pushing pushing entrepreneurship, pushing the innovation side of entrepreneurship. And uh, and you know, it's it's interesting that everybody, not everybody, but some people say we need to always make sure we look to people that are older, that you know, the fifty plus. Age to really get guidance and wisdom, but I think we uh, we really need to also look at the 28 year olds that are doing awesome stuff, and, and you are definitely one of them, my friend. Thank you. I can't thank I can't thank you enough for being on our show today. And before I go, what's your favorite coffee? Oh man, that's like
2: I think making a, a grandmother choose her favorite grandchild.
0: <laughs> <laughs> brilliant <laughs> uh, yeah okay what's what would be uh, what would be let's make it this one of your top 10 so i think
2: so personally i'm i'm super happy with what i do because my mood changes all the time and my mood changes with like what type of coffee i want to drink so maybe sometimes i'll like like a really classic chocolate tasting coffee but then other yes. times i'll want to try a coffee that tastes like pink grapefruit and black tea. Um, But for what I would like to say is that if you've never really kind of experienced specialty coffee, I think you should try a naturally processed Ethiopian coffee because those coffees really showcase, you know, how wild specialty coffee can be. And then you'll get tasting notes like strawberry jam or like blueberries. And that the first time you have a cup that tastes like blueberries, it's kind of like a mind blowing experience being like, Wait a second, coffee can taste like this? And so
0: that's what I think
2: uh, you should try or the listeners should should dig
0: into. And they can get it again at, you say the address for me? www.theroasterspack.com Very cool. Thank you so much, Sunil. It's been a pleasure and honor. Keep on happening, man. And uh, I am definitely going to check out your site and uh, definitely going to send my friends to it because there's a lot of them that love the type of coffee experience that you're bringing to the table. So uh, keep on happening. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Rivers. It was awesome. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Business. Want access to more awesome entrepreneur content? Visit startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag startup chats and hashtag startup school, which you can catch every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett, leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode.
3: Hi, everybody. This is Eric Apps co-founder of the Alluvian Professional Law Firm, and you're listening to Startup Canada Podcast.
0: Talk to our audience about disruption in general, and what's, what's your advice for entrepreneurs looking to disrupt other industries?
3: So if you take the financial services area in Canada, um, as an entrepreneur, uh, you know, financial services is ripe for disruption. There's a lot of companies that are out there uh already in the tech space uh wealth simple and others on the advisory side companies working on payment solutions mobile other areas that are that are looking to disrupt traditional industries if you peel back the hood though and look beneath those you'll see borrowwell has got cibc as an investor yes well Well simple has Uh power financial behind them Uh so if you're an entrepreneur disrupt disrupting an industry doesn't mean destroying it and it doesn't necessarily mean engaging in a hugely competitive uh, fight with the established players because in nine and nine nine point nine out of ten cases you're going to lose that battle so 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 have a very uh, good sense of not only you know who you are trying to to disrupt but how you are trying to disrupt them uh, and how you're going to make money uh, uh, doing that